Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bombdad listeners. Once again, I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alex Andrade, two of my colleagues and friends from Tabana Organization. Um, Tabana is uh, a nonprofit organization supporting individuals with cultural and psychological issues. And um, we are very happy that uh, we got together. We started our organization since uh, June um, of 2018. And uh, we continue supporting Radio Bomb Dot, and we are happy um, to be involved in this program called Culture and Psychology. And today we are going to talk about expectations. And I start with uh, Dr. Rockers, who actually um, suggested this topic for today's conversation. Great. Thank you, Side A. It's a great pleasure to kick this off. And so I'll start with the question, like, what are your expectations of me right now? <laughs> Very good question, as usual, Dr. Rockers. Uh, my expectation is <clears throat> you just share your thoughts and uh, your experiences or maybe outlook to world with the topic of expectations or with the uh, you know, especially in uh, psychological world, I'm sure there are so much of uh, this uh, topic that we can converse about. <clears throat> Excuse me. I always okay. think, Daniel, I, I like that question, Daniel, because that brings to light. As soon as we interact with somebody, we already have expectations. And, and this is something I talk to a lot of people about. We, we carry this idea of a person around in our head, sometimes to the point where I can tell you what Daniel is going to say. For example, this morning, I could have bet money that Daniel was going to ask a question. Now, I guess the tricky <laughs> piece is, is that an expectation of you or is that my idea of you? I think sometimes it's in the middle and we're trying to figure that out. To me, expectations are when there's this hope or this anticipation that you're going to be this way. And sometimes that uh, I think the biggest thing about expectations is the idea of disappointment, that our expectations are not met. Rarely do I hear people feel satisfied about their expectations. Like, yep, that was exactly what I was thinking about. And I'm pleasantly uh, content with that. Usually it's like, ah, oh, that's not what I thought it was going to be, or that's not what I was anticipating. And so for me, expectations tend to lean a little bit more towards when people are not feeling as though their expectations are met. I think expectations brings a lot of emotions and um, a lot of, um, you know, different memories or experiences or in general, I think um, creates a lot of emotions, expectations. One of them is anger, which I always thought, you know, anger is the result of unfulfilled expectations. You get angry, you get irritated because your expectation is was different than what you faced. So a lot of behavior is created between individuals due to expectations, I guess. Yeah, that definitely happens. Anger happens. Like just this weekend, uh, Dan and I were up in Ashland, Oregon, and we stopped in shortly after we got there, we stopped into it was a jewelry store, like a pretty nice jewelry store there in the downtown area. But 
um, I, my, one of my expectations if I go into a store is that if somebody comes up to you who's working there, that they will be wanting to assist you or help you or sell something to you. And this guy was such a jerk that I have never, really, this is true, never in a store felt so unwelcomed. Like it was clear he wanted us to leave. And I don't know if we weren't dressed right or what the problem was, but it was, the guy was a total jerk. So my expectation, which as we're talking about it, I realize that now when you said it brings up anger and it does bring up anger for probably for any number of reasons. We went to a play up there in Ashland because Ashland is that Shakespeare, I don't know, it's well known for these Shakespearean plays. So I went to a Christmas play and I knew it wasn't going to be Shakespeare, but my expectation, and I only realized this later, was I didn't expect it would be like real slapsticky. And that's a little more of what it was like. So for me, what happened for me was I realized, okay, this isn't what I like, but what I tried to do in the middle of it was ask myself, well, what parts of this do I like? What part is enjoyable for me? So that brings up, I think, this other part of expectations. What do we do with it when our expectations aren't met? How do we, each person, each one of us handle that? Because like we were all talking before the program started, this happens all the time. It happens all the time because we have this image of anticipation when we're going into something. And really, if you think about it, how, when you make plans for something, how often does something go exactly according to what you plan? I think very rarely. Yeah. All the time. I mean, very rarely, very rarely. So, <laughs> so okay. So my expectation, Alex. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Your expectation was for me to agree to you and no. agree with you. And that's why I did I not. think my expectation is for you to disagree. Oh man. You. See, look at, see, there I go. Assuming there we go. Yeah. Your, your expectation was that my <laughs> expectation. <laughs> Well, I think we walk with expectations all the time. So we have an idea of someone's uh, behavior, attitude, character. And when we face something different than what we have in mind, all of a sudden, um, you know, we are surprised, we are shocked. So I think it really involves all different sorts of emotions, expectation. But I definitely feel... Um, it is unfulfilled expectation that makes all those emotions come out. Um, so one of the things, I mean, how can we really not have expectations? Can we walk without no idea or no expectations in the world? I think it's very, very difficult because um, you often think about different interaction or different relationships you have with different people. And based on those relationships and those interactions, you automatically create expectations in your mind, you know? So there are some expectations that are sort of rules. Like for example, when you work in a workplace, there are some clear expectations of you as a worker or the relationship between superior and the workers is always uh, sort of um, maybe written or maybe unwritten expectations also. 
But uh, when it comes to closer relationship, we have so many things in our head. Nothing is in writing. Nothing is discussed. I think that's when it becomes a challenge that you don't know how you deal with something unexpected. I mean, at the most basic level, we have to have some expectation or mental model of how things are going to go at a particular place. If I had zero experience and zero knowledge of what McDonald's was, I wouldn't know to go in there if I wanted food, right? I mean, I might go in there thinking I could buy clothing or I might go in there thinking they give massages. We just, we have to have some expectation in some way of how the world works. And that's how our human consciousness works is we, yeah, we have to have some representation. I think this is what you were saying, Alex, we carry around this representation of others or other situations or other things in our head. It's really all in our head. It is all in our head. Yeah, I think it helps us navigate and understand the world. But uh, again, as I was mentioning, I think if it becomes too rigid or inflexible, that's when those expectations can be uh, really challenging because then we're disappointed or upset. Even thinking about it as we like go out somewhere and we're anticipating some event, you know, if we're saying, oh, you know, we have an idea of what it's going to be and where it's going to be. But if we focus too rigidly on, oh, well, this is supposed to happen when I get there. And then this is going to happen midway. And this is supposed to what's happened at the end. We don't allow that creativity, that spontaneity that can be fun and enjoyable. But if it's too ambiguous and too vague, that might be kind of scary. Imagine if somebody comes to your house with a blindfold and said, I'm going to take you somewhere. We're going to bring you back at this time. You'd probably say, no, I don't want to go. I need to know a little bit more than that. Yeah, that would not be a fun, a fun feeling. Yeah, we, we have to have some expectation, partly, in, like you said, in order to keep ourselves safe, to keep moving forward. I work with a lot of people who have post-traumatic stress. And what happens for people with PTSD is that their mental model of the world gets changed generally in a moment when that trauma occurs. And the model of the world suddenly changes from whatever it was to that the world is not safe. People often become paranoid and they think everybody is watching them or noticing them. They think other people are not safe because people are unpredictable. For just to back up PTSD, when what happens in PTSD is generally it's a sudden traumatic incident where somebody fears they could die, like gen- genuinely fears they could die or lose body parts some somehow be annihilated. But what happens for them is that it's a protective mechanism of consciousness that changes in just one moment. And suddenly the world becomes pretty dangerous to their mind. And that, and they're on high alert all the time. That's why they have things like this startle response where they jump suddenly at uh, loud sounds or things like that. So their expectation in a way, and this is a very deeply held expectation, is that something bad's going to happen. And that's a symptom that they often report to is have this feeling, I don't know, something bad could happen, something really bad here going on. So generally speaking, expectation sounds more like, um, I would say it's not all positive, because you're putting another person into sort of a frame of, um, you know, things need to be done. And it it just seems like the other party 
as we have those expectations, we are putting them in a box sort of, you know, in our head. Um, we don't let things to be as we unfold them. You know what I mean? It's like we create that framework in our head with any interactions that we have, isn't it? Yeah, that's what a stereotype is. It's exactly what a stereotype is. We create an expectation. The idea, the stereotype idea really in the main at its base is it's a way to hopefully navigate the world. I'm not saying stereotypes are good. I'm just saying this is what happens in human consciousness. Those become a shorthand way of dealing with the world. The problem is that they cast a negative light on a group. Which but, uh, to expand on that, you have to expand on that, Daniel, the idea too of uh, mental heuristics, where which are mental shortcuts. And so we do that, not just in regards to other people, but even things. I always give the example of you know, we can all agree upon what a chair is, although there can be hundreds and thousands of different types of chairs. Our mind doesn't have to know each single type of chair. So as a mental shortcut or a heuristic, we can identify a chair with some general attributes or kind of design in that way. And that we do that with people when we call that stereotypes, especially when it's more of a negative kind of connotation to it. They're, the negative things are assumed about certain people. So our fundamental biases also it's in that regard, Alex, you know, we often have many things. Um, it's partly probably our culture, the way we are raised. So I'm sure if I sit with two of you and we list our main expectations from different relationships that are important to us, I bet there are differences because we raise in um, family culture or in our community culture or world culture in general, that we each have different perceptions from different relationships or from different communities that we are involved with. Uh, with um, this last part of our conversation, uh, we end for a short break. We come back. Um, I want to say a few words in Farsi, just in case for listeners who are wondering why uh, we speak um, in English language uh, on a Saturday. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من سعیده ملک افزالی هستم به همراه دوتن از دوستان و همکارانم در شرکت توانا دکتر دانیل راکرز و دکتر الکساندرادی که هر دو از همکاران من هستند و ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یکی بعد از ظهر به زبان انگلیسی صحبت هامون رو در مورد مسائل فرهنگی، آموزشی و روانشناسی با هم داریم و اگر کسانی هستند در منزل یا میشناسین که ممکن است برنامه ما به زبان انگلیسی استفاده کنند خواهش میکنم ازشون دعوت کنیم به برنامه ما توجه کنند ما در رادیو بامداد تا کنون در ظرف مدت یک سال و نیم که باشون همکاری داریم حدود 150 پادکست داریم که میتونین از طریق آیتون، گوگل و سپاریفای ما رو دنبال کنین و به برنامه های ما در زمان های مناسب تحت تاپیک های مختلف گوش بدین برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو در مورد انتظار داشتن expectations ادامه میدیم
We're back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrati. This is Saide Malikafsali speaking. We um, started our conversation regarding expectations and uh, we um, talked about expectations is something that we have um, in our head, ideas based on our culture, based on who we are. And uh, we continue our second part of our conversation regarding expectations. Um, as we were discussing the first time, I was just wondering when, Dan, you started with going to a jewelry store. I really agree with you, especially in the United States, customer service is always number one, regardless of where you work. Even in offices, we often um, treat any walkers um, if someone is sitting in the information, the first thing is always welcome the person, ask you know how they can help. And especially in the world of marketing, we know that uh, welcoming and customer service is a big thing. But I was just uh, thinking of all these uh, breaking in um, situations that we are facing uh, with the economical situations these days. Um, it might have affected people's mind who run the jewelry store or other places that they have expensive items in their store. You know, I was just wondering, would that be one of the reason? How would you rate that in regard to their expectations of, you know, you said PTSD. They're worried about someone walking with a gun and, um, you know, take over the store. Or I'm just, you know, witnessing on news um, or on media how the situation is, it, it is now, you know. We saw in LA how many stores, I think in one day it was like 30 stores were broken into and and all this um, group, um, you know, that they walk in and they start taking um, things from the stores. And, and one of the biggest uh, bilgary happened in LA just last week. So was that the reason you think the um, customer service wasn't as expected? It's a well, it's a good question. I mean, are you asking me? Do I think I look like a criminal? <laughs> I can answer that. I, I'm afraid for you to answer that. My expectation, Alex, is that you would answer that without my even asking. That That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm saying for my own safety. Let me just say that. All right. <laughs> all right. Okay. Now no, no way. You, you've talked Dr. to the Dr. Rockers, you walk. Thuggish, you thuggish looking man, you. <laughs> There's no way someone could give you anything except a psychologist. Brute. He's like a a brute. He looks like a brute. <laughs> <laughs> well, but what's your question, um, Saida? Is it do I think that could be what was in his thought? No, I'm, I'm serious because you know, with the way you look at some of the criminals, you know, who can tell if I'm a criminal or not if I walk into a jewelry store? You know what I mean? So I'm just thinking the owner or the person who was at this store, probably in his mind, he is 50% at least of the time. He is in an on guard situation for, you know, something's going to happen. So, so much of that in the mind, 
kind kind of takes away that customer service. So he's always conscientious of being ready for probably ring the bell to connect with the police or I mean I don't know I'm just thinking would that be part of the response you received from that uh, storm uh, person let, can, uh, let me jump in here so yeah, uh, again knowing nothing about the situation because me and Sade only know what you've shared so far so you you've shared enough information where I could I'm guessing based on one knowing you but then also what you've provided, the information, this idea that as a couple, you go into a jewelry store. It sounds like a small town in Oregon. So again, some expectations or assumptions about Oregon. Uh, I'm guessing it's during the day versus late at night, just because you're shopping casually, it sounds like. And so, you know, uh, with just those pieces, you know, I, I'm guessing that the level of suspicion would be down on Daniel in that way. He's an older white male with the female companion, his partner, they're casually shopping during the day. I, again, Daniel doesn't seem like a threat. The The timing of the situation, you know, if somebody, if he went in there by himself late at night, you know, and it was a major city, then maybe I would be like, okay, I could see how this guy, you know, it's closing time. Daniel's rolling in there by himself, uh, you know, wearing all black and, you know, has his mask on too, and just, uh, you know, not being very social or, or pleasant in that way. I could see that maybe the store keep owner being a little, you know, weary of that. Daniel, what was the situation? That Well, that was a situation. We had gone and we had just arrived in town. We went and had some lunch and we went into the store after lunch. We were just walking by. And I know that Jan likes jewelry. And I said, oh, do you want it? I don't really care for it. I don't ever shop for it. I don't know anything about it. And we had talked about jewelry before that she likes it. And I just thought, well, I should have an open mind and just suggest to her, do you want to go in and be open to going in and doing that? So that was my stance in going in there. And it was daytime. You are right. And what was the other thing too? Oh, I tried to, I could tell the guy, I felt the guy's eyes on us and in an, in an unkind way. And so I tried to engage him and talk with him and say, oh, you know, we're looking around. We just got in town and stuff like that. And there was no engagement. This guy did not want to engage. And he just stood there and just stood there staring at us. And it just was so uncomfortable that we left. Wrong person for the job. Yeah. I mean, I would never go back there again. And if anybody wants to know course, the name yeah. of the place, I'm happy to <laughs> provide it. It's yeah. just such an ugly experience. Yeah. That's uh, really one, uh, unfortunate. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it's too bad, too. And it sounds, it brings up that idea, too. And I don't know a ton about this. I know there's a lot of research about it. But the idea of microexpressions, where we pick up on, on social cues, even these very subtle things. And so, like you said, it kind of an unkind look to them. So I was going to ask you, what was that? It might be even hard to describe, but we could all know what when it doesn't feel welcoming, when it doesn't feel good. It may be just a slight positioning of the person's body or their face that gives us this feeling like this is not a welcoming, uh, welcoming environment or a comfortable space. Was there anything in particular Dan, that stood out that that you can point to that said this is the the face he made or the expression that he had. 
No, I can't any of that. And I don't recall. It was, I can't remember if he had his arms crossed or not even, but it was just this kind of this flat, um, it's like a stare. You know, there's a difference between somebody staring, like trying to bore into you and just looking at you or looking over to see if you had any questions, that type of thing. It was that's what it was. I can't pin it down to any one particular thing. But I'm, was- I'm surprised. Um, I mean, especially someone like you, who is always gracious in communication, in bringing, you know, you know, people together, regardless of where you are. That's very um, unheard of that, you know, I mean, think about it. If it was someone that we knew that had a different attitude and different personality. But with Dan, you know, being always gracious in communication, talking to different people, it's really surprising. That person definitely either had an issue that day or this is, you know, his behavior. But in general, for our listeners, I would like to just talk about how do we bring down certain expectations from people and how to be walk in the world without getting angry, getting upset. Well, yeah, here's, uh, let me add on then some other part to that story. There was no resolution in terms of that person and that visit, but I did a number of times make remarks to Jan later about um, that person and they were not kind remarks either. And I had like reserved a certain name for him. But I, and then I also joked to Jan, I said, you know, and I've, I've met, I have this idea that one of our jobs in life as an individual is to contribute to the positive energy of the universe. And I said to Jan afterwards, I said, you know, I need to quit talking like that because I am not contributing to the positive energy of the universe when I say those things. You're starting to, yeah, ruminate and dwell on it in that way, huh? Yeah, it was really bugging me. It really got to me in a bad way. I think it's partly because I just hate to be misperceived in a bad way like that. Yeah. I'm sure most of us do. So what I did was then later on, we were walking this was the next night as we were walking by. I said, hey, let's go by the store where so-and-so worked and see if such-and-such is in there. Insert your own bad word for that person. But I said, no, I said, we need to go by. And so when we walked by and it was closed, I said, I said, okay, you know what? I need to look in here and find something really good that I think Aww. I like. That's nice. So nice. In other words, to reverse my own, my own negativity back towards that. Because I really think that's true, that we want to contribute to the positive energy. How can I add to what's positive in the world that instead of contributing something negative to the world? So I think that relates to what you're talking about, Side A. How do we deal with it when our expectations don't match up? Because they often don't. That's true. Let, let me throw in this idea too. In social psychology, there's this uh, idea called the fundamental attribution error. And that's essentially kind of where we're kind of dancing around. So what that is, is we attribute others' actions to their character, their personality, while our own behaviors, we attribute to some external situation or factors outside of our control. So Daniel, you're saying that's a bad guy. 
versus what Saide was saying earlier. It's like maybe he'd been robbed recently and he is, you know, being very curt and, and not very welcoming. And so it's it could be easy to just look at the world in that way and just say that's a bad person. They're flawed, they're broken, they're a jerk, whatever we want to call them. Versus if a, that was us in that situation and we, you know, there were some other things that were going on, we could easily justify our own behavior. And so, yeah, I think it still brings the question, how do you navigate that? What do you do? And how do you not just live in that in that way? And I think sometimes it's even realizing that we don't always know the external factors uh, or the internal factors that are uh, you know, a person is going through. I always use this example with patients when I talk about road rage and it might sound a little kind of random, but the idea of like, imagine that person who cuts you off, maybe they have to go to the bathroom really bad, you know, and they are just so uncomfortable. They're just trying to get home or there's an emergency within their family and they're just having to rush to get home. Does that change your view of that person? Does that change how you feel about the situation? So I think it could be helpful to not only look at the individual and try to think of an alternative approach, but then also to Daniel, I like what you described, having a different experience with the shop even so that it doesn't become all negative because not only does the person become all negative, that shop could become all negative, that town could become all negative, traveling with Jan could become negative. I, I was just joking. I'm going to say too, you're like, look, Jan, this is why I don't buy you jewelry because every time we go to the jewelry store now, this is what happens, you know? So again, we can extrapolate that. I like <laughs> yeah, it. Don't, don't use Thank that. You. Don't use that. Yeah. Alex said. <laughs> yep, See what yep. happens? Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm done talking. Look at, look at you. You're, you're weaponizing my words now. I'm, I'm stepping back. I'm stepping back. <laughs> no, I, that's true. That's true, Alex. It, it just, it can ex be expanded to so many other layers when something negative sticks in our head. But rather, I really appreciate, uh, Dan, you mentioned that out of that, you try to remember something positive. You were trying to see what can you find in a positive way so that it takes, maybe not completely takes away that negativity that you experience, but at least you leave town or you leave that area with something positive in your head. And I think um, it's very difficult in life that 100% of the time you're in that mindset that I want to work it out, that I want to understand the other person. But I would like to invite our listeners to at least think about that. As Alex said, you're driving and somebody passes by or cuts you off rather than getting angry and calling names and, you know, your heart beat goes up, your, your pulse is not normal. I mean, everything happens to you as a result of getting angry and having, um, you know, a different expectations. But immediately, if you train your mind that when something unexpected happened, think of all other possibilities rather than what you expect. For example, as we discuss, you know, what if in the morning of the day you were there, something very negative happened and um, maybe it was um, just the way that person was um, still affected by that. I mean, there's so many different ways we can sort of calm ourselves down and understand. But I really um, want to 
um, you know, just discuss this because it's really important. We always see things one way. Is there any training? Um, is there any way we can be more conscious of other side of things that we see? I think it's important to initially make the distinction between most of what we've talked about so far is creating some sort of attribution regarding either the other or the other circumstance. And Saide, what you're beginning to refer to now, I think is the more critical issue. And that is, what about my experience? And what do I do with my experience inside? How do I handle my own experience with that? In our society, we get stuck a lot in trying to create these attributions of blame or error. It's because of this or because of that. And in the end, that may be important, but what really matters is our own experience and how we feel in that. And that's what we have to work with. We have to work with that. Sometimes people will create an attribution. So, well, the guy, I think that guy had a bad day. But you know what? That doesn't really erase those ugly feelings that came up inside of me. Somehow I have to deal with those ugly feelings inside of me. I have to work with that. It's my own stuff. I always like to start with the question of, you know, what if both are true? Because we don't want to invalidate or suppress or ignore our own feelings. Because what you felt is true, Dan, that there was something there. But then also, too, yeah, what if this person's going through something? So being able to see another side of it, I always like to ask the question, what's another way that I can see this? Because sometimes we get fixed within our own view and our own perspective. I mean, we can't help but see the, the world through our own eyes, but we can kind of take that step back and say, well, what's another way that I can see this? Otherwise, what we do, like you described, Dan, and understandably, we, yeah, that person's a jerk. And yeah, we tell everybody about it and how how you know, how bad it was and how horrible it was. And we, we start to solidify that thinking. And that really can start to become uh, an attribute of our own in a way where we start to kind of expect people to mistreat us or uh, for us to, to encounter some kind of challenge. And then we're carrying that kind of perspective of the world around with us versus wanting to be more open, being more flexible. But yeah, I, I think you're right. It is a, a I always think of it as a skill that we have to build and develop. It's not always easy. Uh, we can, we, you know, we're impacted by those things that happen. It's valid what we've experienced, even what we uh, perceive and respond to, but we don't have to live in that. We don't have to just stay in that one experience. And also, I think um, a lot of that could be our ego. You know, our expectations uh, are based on our ego, uh, especially when we are with a group or someone um, that when we are not treated as expected, you just feel like a little uncomfortable, uh, your pride, your um, expectations has been, um, you know, um, uh, disregarded, you know. So I'm just thinking if we walk in the world more with being selfless, which is not easy, but uh, just thinking, well, you know, I mean, it's very, very difficult, but it gives a lot of comfort and a lot of um, content in life when you walk with less expectations and don't think of you as someone that when you walk anywhere, 
uh, you expect, you know, people respect you a certain way or treat you a certain way. I know it's not easy, but I'm just thinking one of the ways that help us to not get too much emotional with anger, with surprise, with disguise, with all those emotions that last time we talked about, we just walk with, okay, you know, it happened. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's, as I said, it's not easy, but one thing I know whenever I'm conscientious and I walk in the world that way, it becomes so much lighter. It becomes so much more pleasant. So with that, uh, we are uh, reached our second break. We um, come back and we continue our conversation about the expectation. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه صدای ما رو تازه رادیوتون رو باز کردین به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین من سعیده ملک افزالی هستم به همراه دوتن از دوستان به همکارانم دکتر دانیل راکرز و الکساندراده امروز در خدمتون هستیم ما از رادیو بامداد صدامون رو میشنوین و هر هفته از ساعت دوازده تایی که بعد از ظهر در روزهای شنبه و یه شنبه به زبان انگلیسی موضوعات روز موضوعات فرهنگی آموزشی یا روانشناسی رو با شما مطرح میکنیم و کاش میکنم ما رو دنبال کنین در سپاریفای و سرچ میکنین از طریق آیتون از طریق گوگل ما حدود 150 پادکست در تاپیک های مختلف از رادیو بامداد پخش کردیم که میتونین اونها رو در زمانهای مناسب بشنبین با ما باشید و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه خواهیم داد
We're back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrade. This is Saide Malikafsali speaking. The first two parts of our conversation regarding expectations started with Dr. Rockers talking about his experience um, with one of the jewelry store and also um, the um, you know, concept of expectations, what happens when our emotions start kicking in. And uh, also um, we talked about how do we really understand the world by understanding, um, you know, culture, understanding, you know, events and things might happen. And now we are back and we are talking about um, how do we walk in the world not to be so upset and emotional? I think a good way that I like to think of it is how can I become more responsive instead of reactive? So what does, yes. yeah, what does that mean to each of you? If you say, if somebody says, I want to become more responsive instead of reactive, how do you interpret that? Um, I think what Alex and I were talking, like, for example, being responsive means understanding the other person more than what you expect to happen. Um, but I'm just wondering, how would I have um, reacted to that person? For example, with my experiences, with the way I'm raised, I'm just thinking, if that has happened to me, I would have started talking to that person. Just say, well, you know, uh, talking about weather, talking about Oregon, talking. So I would have started, I know Dan, you're that type of person too, but I'm just thinking I would have probably get involved with questions, with conversation, just to find out, is he the whole time in that mood or does he start conversing differently? Because as we were talking this whole time, I was imagining, okay, if I, and it has happened to me that I have walked to this store, I wasn't welcome as I was expected. But I start talking to the person to find out what's going on. Is the, I, I sometimes say, you seem to be very busy. Uh, how's the business going? Because that I, usually they don't do eye contact. They keep getting busy without paying attention to what you are looking for. So um, how would you have um, done it, Alex, if you were walked, in, walked into that store and faced with that? I was thinking what, what we were talking about earlier. I think for me, one of the places that I like to start is that in order to be responsive, we have to start with this sense of self where there's a sense of assuredness kind of in who we are, how we want to be. I always like to encourage the idea, let's enact our values in every day. So we can go into a situation knowing this is who I am and this is how I try to be. But we don't have, a, I would say, an interaction or relationship it's two people and, and we don't always have control of how the other person is. So we can try to navigate that in a way of this is how I want to bring myself. And then the other part is that person is going to react in a certain way. Now that's where, like you were saying, Daniel, that idea of responsiveness versus reacting where they can be, you know, kind of critical or negative. And we could say, you know what, this is how I want to be. Yes. This is upsetting. Yes. This is frustrating, but you know what? I want to have a good day. I want to have a good experience. So I think it's a, a balance of not trying to think of all the things that I can do to make the situation better, 
but reassuring myself, you know what? I, I know that I go in with this intention. This is how I try to be. And you know what? I'm, I'm being met with something the opposite of what I uh, expected initially, but I still want to be this way where, yeah, maybe not at this shop or not with this interaction, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go and continue my day, my experience being this way. So we're not having to, you know, cause I, I believe me, I'm one of those people. Sometimes if I get mistreated, I, I want to lash out. I want to react and be like, you know what? Well, you're a jerk. I ain't coming here again, but it's like, you know what? Is that in line with my values? Is that what's important to me? I always have this rule of thumb when, whenever it comes to like restaurants, for example, I'll try it twice. Uh, because the first time you never know what could happen. Maybe it was a mistake. Maybe, you know, somebody in the back wasn't cooking very well that day. Who knows? But you know what? I'll at least give it another shot because I don't want to get so fixated in being like, you know what? That's a bad place. I'm never going there again. I'm like, you know what? Let me try again. Let me see. Maybe it was the time. Maybe it was, you know, what was going on with me? Maybe my taste buds were off. I don't know. So that's like one small way. I try not to just react and be like, nope, that's bad. And label it in just one way, but being like, all right, you know what? Things happen, things come up. Maybe I can try again. Again, that's how I want to be. I want to be somebody who tries again, somebody who tries to, to give the benefit of the doubt. But I said, I only try twice because I'm not going to put myself in a situation that's uncomfortable. I'm not going to keep going there because, Hey, maybe it's better. or Maybe they've got it together. I'll wait till I hear from somebody, whether that place got good or not, before I keep putting myself in that situation. So I think it's a balance. We want to come in with who we are, how we want to be, while also recognizing that, you know what, sometimes we are met with difficult situations, unpleasant people, but we don't have to live in that. We don't have to exist in that same. And we all can think of times when we ourselves have acted in ways that were not very nice. Yes. And we hope that others would give us the second chance mm-hmm. at some point. So I think there's that important piece going on too. Absolutely. And also, like, for example, you uh, reflect on your reaction, you reflect on your behavior. And um, if you are seeking excellent in everything, you know, of course, it's hard to reach that at every point. But I think it's it's really important to have a sort of goal in in life. What kind of you know person I want to be? Uh, you know, do I want to be reactive? Do I want to, you know, just walk, keeping all these um, you know unpleasant feelings in in me, or do I want to free myself from this? Because we know how much our health is related to all of those, um, you know, um, reactions or emotions that um, comes, um, which when it's negative. So I think it's important to really have this goal. How do I want to walk in the world in every aspect of life? If someone, for example, um, treat me um, unfairly, Obviously, it affects us, but do you want to be reactive to that person if um, it's not that close relation with, it doesn't have that close relation with you? Obviously, there are different levels of interaction in life with different people. So when you have a very close relationship, let's say, you know, your spouse, your friend, uh, your siblings, 
it's a different world of expectations, reaction, conversation, communication. But if we walk in the world with people that they're just maybe once in lifetime, it's different. So if we can tweak our mindset that, okay, from now on, anyone that is not that much important in my life, and I just pass by once in ever, then I'm not going to really be reactive or, or let my emotions, you know, just um, kicks in. I mean, it's hard, but I'm just saying when we have a goal and we want to be that, it helps. We have to just practice. I think also there is that issue. I like your, your statement of um, how do I want to walk in this world? Another, maybe another way of saying is who do I want to become or who do I want to be? What kind of person do I want to be? And to have that as a daily mission or a mission question, what a great thing, because it really involves us knowing what our own reaction is, knowing that this anger is coming up inside of me, for example, and then being able to look underneath that, like Alex, you mentioned a couple of times ago that anger being a cover emotion to see, well, what, you know, what happened? Why am I so angry about that? And it because I feel misinterpreted or seen in a bad way when it was clearly not my intention. So I think those are important things. And if we can walk in the world, like you said, side A, with that in mind, then it becomes easier. Other th- otherwise, we're just going to have this reaction and probably respond to our reaction. Because when we work with our patients, usually we want to know what went in your mind at the time this happened. There's always something under the emotions that, as you said, and referred to Alex, is why did I get angry? Was it my pride? Was it my ego? Was it in front of my uh, fiance or in front of my partner? Whatever went in our mind at that point, it would be nice to bring it up and just say, that was the reason, you know, not because so-and-so said this, but that triggered something in me. And what was that? And I think if we do that, uh, I guess we can know ourselves better and we can figure out that. So maybe I need to work on that part of me that I can, you know, deal with so that I don't become emotional or too emotional. Right. Too emotional. I think what this also brings up is that underneath we have some expectations that are probably not known to ourselves. We also have some emotional responses or reactions that are not known to ourselves. And this is probably what the uh, implicit bias is about that's currently talked a lot about is how do we find out what those things are that are inside us that may be causing us some problems? How do we find those out? And once we do understand those, then how can we work with those? And the whole point is to make our own life a little better and more peaceful, I think. And I think that's definitely going to contribute to others as well, our interactions with others. If we're feeling better, we're taking care of ourselves, the people around us in our world will stand to benefit from that as well, including strangers. Yeah. 
bottom line, the only person we have control on is ourselves. And I think when it comes to the depth of it, it's us that we need to work on. So I want um, our listeners, if they're listening to us um, and we are talking about the topic of expectations, the first point is to figure out why am I expecting these A to Z in regard to any interaction or relationship, just to know ourselves better and figure out is it too high of expectations? Is it normal? Um, am I just um, trying to be unseen or don't I need to have some expectations? Because on the other hand, if we really take away all the expectations, then um, we don't know how we're going to be treated. I mean, on the one hand, there must be a standard of what we expect in life, what we expect from our own behavior, what we expect from um, knowing ourselves, from our goals, from our future. So we have to look at that as standard and our values. And then if we walk with that standard and in those values, people around us will see it, will, um, you know, hopefully will treat us as our standard. But I'm just thinking, definitely we each have a standard that we want to walk with those standards. So on the one hand, we want to understand other people, but on the other hand, we have to have some sort of, you know, frame of expectations or a standard. And that brings up a good point too. You know, are we doing this just because it's going to impact others or, you know, and it's going to be positive each time. I mean, I I think more often than not, you know, there's, it's a middle ground. There's times where that really does pay off. And that is, it, you know, it serves us well. There's times where it it, it misses and it falls in that way. So I always encourage people, you know, I love to tell you that every time you tried, it was going to be a success, not the case, but you know what I find more often than not, if we try to enact our values and live in a way that feels right for us, that, you know, getting that feedback from our friends or family, the people we trust who are close to us, we can continue to shape that. So we're growing and moving forward in that progressive way. So we know we're on the right path for ourselves. If we think of it only as well, I'm, it's going to work every single time, or it's always going to be fair. I don't think that's always a good measure. The world, you know, sometimes is unfair. Sometimes bad things happen for no good reason. You go into stores, people are jerks because they're jerks. Now that's not to say that it always is going to be that way if we're trying to be uh, aware of our values and how we want to walk in the world. With that, uh, we are ending our uh, show. um, And as usual, we would like to leave our listeners with each of us say a final statement. So we start with Dr. Rockers. We um, actually um, (laughs) begin with Dr. Rockers. So we want to end to begin with Dr. Rockers. Okay, so I think the question that I, or the, yeah, a question. It's a question, Alex. Don't worry. Got a good. <laughs> they, what I would suggest for people as you approach the holidays, the Christmas and New Year's or whatever Christmas type of a holiday you might have, as you approach the holidays and family gatherings, set your mission to be who do I want to be? Like when I go to this family gathering or I go to this party, who do I want to be? 
what version, what best self version do I want to be? And have that as your guiding light. So if somebody says something that feels hits you the wrong way, think about who do you want to be and see if you can respond a little bit in that. Should always be moving towards a better version of ourselves. Great one, Daniel. Uh, Similarly, I encourage people to ask a a question as well. You know, how can we enact our values in a small way every day? I think it's something that we think of our values in the big grand scheme of our life. But if we can reflect on what's a small way in my everyday life that I can enact this, I think it's helpful. Like, for example, if we want to be, you know, warm and friendly, you know, we can say hello to the person at the grocery store or hello to the mailman or mailwoman and being able to just be that kindness that we want to be. So it doesn't have to be, you know, just big events or just big situations. It can be every day in some way. And I want to leave our listeners with um, look for the positive in what you already have. And also don't beat yourself up for feeling disappointed. And uh, remind yourself that society is not always nice. So um, be ready for things that may not be to your expectations. And when we are ready, um, and I always say, uh, this is a frame I learned from a friend years before that always expect the unexpected. So when you walk in the world with that mindset, you're not being so upset when things happen. So I hope everyone has a wonderful Saturday. We come back tomorrow and we continue our conversation about another topic um, of interest. So have a wonderful Saturday and goodbye.
کوچی که از نفس خیسم رو بوند آهای تشنه همه بارون احساسم از آنت عجب در دلی هستم تو شوق بی کرانت میاد بارون احساس از عبر تیکه تیکه که سقفه نازکه دل دوباره کرده چیکه 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 آهای هم اتاقی بیار شما چراقی که شاید روی عشق ببینم اتفاقی ببین خورشید چشمام اسیر این چراغه تموم خواسته من همین یک اتفاقه میاد بارون احساس از عبره تیکه تیکه که سقف نازو که دل دوباره کرده چیکه 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 افره دلم داره بهونت داره عشق میچی که از نفس خیسم رو بونت آهای تشنه همه بارون احساسم از آنت عجب در دلی هستم تو شوق بی کرانت میاد بارون احساس از ابره تیکه تیکه که سقف نازو کده دوباره کرده چیکه 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 رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا